I want you to be woman. <laughs> I thought it was appropriate to open today's Queen Deep Dive with the opening lyrics of the next song. This is track number eight, Son and Daughter, off of Queen's debut album, Queen, written by Brian May tentatively 1970. I don't actually know when this is written. I could not find that info. But it was first performed live at the first performance where Queen were ever billed as Queen in 1970. So I'm going with 1970. That is officially my compose year for this song. It's a heavy metal blues number. Yes, it's very much a hallmark of their earliest sound. It's likely inspired by Led Zeppelin with very rough, gritty, bluesy, catchy riffs. Kind of repetitive and cyclic, but it's addicting too. Pops into your head every once in a while after you've heard it a few times. It's kind of threatening too. That tone is very threatening when it comes on. It's kind of dark and skeptical, but it's also very reflective because again, this is Brian May. And I'm just going to start calling this kind of thing Moody May <laughs> because yes, he is very reflective and, and even a little bit pensive in some of his compositions, but he's also very passionate and opinionated and can sometimes challenge the status quo a little bit, or perhaps people's beliefs. And this is something that we see from Brian every once in a while on his composition. So this is the first time we're getting into something that's a little bit perhaps controversial. And even at the time, it was kind of a challenge of trends and fads and feminism and expectations and gender roles and that sort of thing. So this is a little bit more unknown territory. It's not just the celebratory rock queen that we've had. This is very, very different. It was a B-side on the Keep Yourself Love single. Tempo is at a 74 beats per minute, 74 BPM. So not quite a total hard, fast rocker by any means, but certainly heavy. We're in 4-4 four, four time signature. Very simple, straightforward, and only one key. You know what? Is this the first time this has happened? Seriously, I'm going to look through all of these. I believe, yeah, we're only in one key, ladies and gents. It's a miracle. <laughs> we're in E minor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a shift, even for Brian. You know, it's, it's Freddie. Freddie is the one that loves to jump keys and tempos and vibes. I mean, look at Bohemian Rhapsody. It's everywhere. It's a rock opera, but it's kind of everywhere. And uh, that is a trademark of Freddie's writing, absolutely. But here with Brian, we are very straightforward, bluesy, hard rock and roll. Yes. As I said, this is a little bit more controversial in topic. It's kind of a challenge. And not just to ladies who want to be or act more like men. I don't really think that's where Brian's going with this. I think on the surface, it might read that way. I mean, we've got lyrics like, try to be a son and daughter rolled into one. You said you'd equal any man for having your fun. And then this is Freddie singing, right? Brian doesn't actually sing this. Freddie's still the lead vocalist. But he goes on to talk about how the world expects a man to buckle down and get down and dirty with work and everything else, right? Those are these sort of subconscious expectations in the roles of society. 
And I think that what's happening here is maybe twofold because Brian is definitely appreciative of women and ladies and the role that they play. I don't think he's, I don't think he's bashing them at all here. I think what he's doing is celebrating what they are and the, and the beauty of that. And he's also getting to the reality of the world and that all of us, men and women, maybe we put it on ourselves to be something we're not, or we try to be something we're not, or we aspire to do this thing that's just not going to happen. And this is maybe a little bit skeptical too on his part, right? But this is part of what he explores when he writes, is he puts it all out there, that skepticism and that wondering and that, is this really for real? And I think that's what's, what's happening here. It's still interesting and maybe a little bit unsettling, perhaps an interesting conversation piece as far as songs go. And again, definitely the first time we've run into something like this with Queen. I've read other comments from people that it makes them a little bit uncomfortable, (laughs) this song, but I like to pick it apart because I appreciate the thought process, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. And I love Brian. I think he's great. Look at his stuff now and you read what he has to say. He definitely cares about the world and making it a good place and everything that's going on with people, etc. So it's it's not anything that, oh, he just doesn't care. I think this is just his wandering mind and where his thoughts and feelings go. So yeah, at the end of the day, I think Brian is saying literally that he just wants a woman to be a woman. In some ways, right? In some moments, that's what he wants. And again, this reflects his appreciation for women. But yeah, it might seem a little outdated, especially by today's standards. And as we get into the second verse, he questions the intent of those who strive to follow certain moral guidance or do better for themselves. It's that challenge, right? That skepticism. He directly references... Matthew 4.19 from the Bible, where Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And he challenges that, right? He comes back in that verse and says, will you lead us all the same? I traveled around the world and found a brand new word for day. Watching the time mustn't linger behind. Pardon me, I have to get away. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge of, well, you're aspiring, you're trying to do this, but is it really going to happen at the end of the day? Very interesting, Brian. So in general, I think the song just focuses on the reality of the world as we know it, the expectations versus the intentions we have, right? No matter how good or positive they might be. Fun facts about this song. And I literally did not know this fact until I did this dive for myself. This blew my mind, even though I kind of thought, you know what? That all sounds like the same person. But here's the thing. The opening vocals here, the three-part harmonies, that are so in your face right away and kind of half screaming are all Roger. And I thought, you know, it's, it's kind of like mind blown moment, but I thought when I was listening to it, every single time I'd hear this thing, I'd go, you know, the high notes are definitely him, but I kind of thought the rest of it, I just thought that sounds like Raj. That doesn't sound like Brian or Freddie. It just sounds like Raj. And I was right, but I, I didn't know that. Wow. Light bulb moment. So that's fun. Oh, and I already said my other fun fact, which was it was played at the very first concert where they were under the Queen name in 1970. But that's worth noting again. I think that's a very cool fact. And by the way, that would have been before John was 
even in the band. I don't know who was bassist at that time, but it definitely wasn't John as he joined in 71. Summer of 71, I think. Interesting, interesting times. So a little more background about this song and the performances. Live performances extend it exponentially because Brian's guitar solo is thrown in there. And this would become his Brighton rock solo feature. We'll talk about that more. That is the opening track on their third album, Sheer Heart Attack. And this song was regularly featured on set list into 1976, and it was played over 200 times. So if you're looking for a live recording, not going to be hard to find this baby. It's out there, and again, quite long when you listen to it live, or at least much longer than the three minutes and some change, simply because they'd have the guitar solo, and they'd drag out some of the instrumentations, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Gosh, I just said that like it's a bad thing to, to drag out a song. Not a bad thing at all. So let's get into the breakdown of Son and Daughter. Now that we've talked through the interesting, controversial, potentially controversial messaging in the track, let's go into the song itself and what it sounds like, aside from what I mentioned already, which is it's a very heavy metal bluesy number. So, ooh, it's kind of dark and gritty and a little bit scary. Yes, the first time I heard it, I was like, wow. You guys are kind of freaking me out here in a good way because, you know, I keep coming back to the song and it lives in my brain every once in a while. So, yes, it's a little scary. But sexy? Yes. I want you. And that line is all Raj, my favorite. Hey, that works for me. (laughs) So, yeah, this intimidated me at first. It's deep. It's bluesy. That sigh from Freddie when the drums come in and then the unison guitars and that bass line so deep heavy, like plodding through this intent, powerful, just in-your-face attitude. I love it. It's fun. Simple, but powerful and driving. It's addicting, hummable. I don't even know if hummable is a word, but here it is. It's hummable. Lots of cymbals, sparkles, interesting contrast with all that, with the slow rolling drums going along. We kind of trip through the verses. It feels innate the way that Freddie's just delivering these out. It kind of feels like he's literally just improvising this on the fly. I'm sure that there was a lot of intent behind the the vocal arrangements, but he's just so good at delivering a line, a lyric, that it comes off that way. So then that intro vocal comes in again after we go through the verses, that I want you, and then Freddie caps it off with to be a woman. It's very... Ooh, the swag. It's it's fantastic. And then in the second verse, Brian sings more with that lyrical guitar arrangement of his. It feels incredibly improvised and innate again, just like the the singing. Brian, his guitar playing and Freddie's vocals always jive so well together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. So great. The second half of the second verse introduces more of the soaring high guitars with these impressive effects, sort of these like flanger effects, etc. The harmonies fall down the scale, and then it's back to the screaming wants, the needs, the obsession, the skepticism, and the demands. Freddie whispers, it's enticing, right? The outro picks up energy, speed slowly but surely, but it doesn't ever lose its bluesy lean or that gritty delivery. And here's an interesting little music theory thing for you. The harmony of the outro is built on pedal, bass, pumping on B. 
so the fifth of E, and very speed guitar harmonies. In the first measures, the individual guitar lines of the harmonies are stepwise moving wave-shaped and time-shifted against each other. I read that very detailed breakdown just earlier, and I kind of, I had to make sense of it myself to understand it. But ultimately what it creates is this really cool circle of sound that just kind of shifts and falls over each other. And it's a really nice contrast, and that cyclical motion within the music just feels like it's never going to end. And later, the guitar layers are oscillating between two notes. So this is a really solid number, even though it's very brief. And it feels like it ends way too fast. It ends way too soon. But again, thankfully, the live versions take it to another dimension with lots of depth and awesome guitar solos from Brian. That's son and daughter, people. Pretty simple. And I got to say, if I had to pick a song, and this is very hard to do because I don't dislike anything Queen does. I really have a scale of Queen songs that goes from great to over the top, ridiculously fantastic. There's really nothing else underneath great. But this song is probably my least favorite on this album. Well, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's not a song that makes me go, oh my gosh, you know, it's not like Liar or Great King Rat, you know, it's, it's but again, it's not bad. Nothing Queen does is bad. Super high quality. It's got a great groove. It's appropriately dark and mysterious and, again, kind of sexy. But it's just not something that I'm like, oh, yes, I, I got to crank this up. But, again, it kind of – it's like a bug in your ear. It does get into your brain. It's I, I can't help but sing that riff. And remember how early on I talked about how memorable Brian's guitar solos are and that you can hum them? and sing them just like you do Freddie's lyrics and vocals. I mean, this one is just like that. It, it just, sometimes I'll be standing in the kitchen or something and I just, I'm doing it. I don't even think about it. It's like that, that drum riff from Liar, you know. It's the same thing. It's all about the melodies and the rhythms and the harmonies and the good stuff. That is Son and Daughter. And uh, go check it out. Go listen to a live performance of it because the live performances definitely have a lot more energy. They're longer. We get more of Brian's growls on the guitar. And yeah, so just ponder on those lyrics a little bit. Again, very different. Even for Brian, this is the first time we get that kind of more opinionated stuff from him. It feels a little bit more judgmental, like how dare you? But it makes for a very interesting song and it, it makes for a very interesting dive into the thoughts of the time and the expectations of the time and what people were doing in in the culture. And especially at this time and in London and in Europe, I think there was a lot with the guys that were dressing and, and, and Queen did this too, dressing a bit more androgynous lines that society has kind of created about what's acceptable for men or women and what's not were kind of blurred more. Kind of makes me want to just read more about history in general about it. That is it. Son and daughter. Queen. Deep dive. Go on and listen to it and have fun. I'll be back again with my next dive. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive.